Hi, and welcome to It's Kind of Spooky. I'm your host, Charles Somerville, and I am joined today by my sister, Katie Heiss. Hello. Oh, fuck, don't do that. <laughs> I, I love will it. drive I love it. to Oklahoma. I'll make that an eight-hour drive, and I will punch you in the face no. and kick your cat. My favorite story behind that is um, Nathan was playing World of Tanks and he was winning and he was hiding from the enemy team and they cornered him and he like came around behind them and was like, hello, and then like opened fire. And it was an iconic moment that um, that I shouldn't have opened with an inside joke, but I did. <laughs> it happened. Uh, but so could it, you imagine uh, him delivering that before immediately opening fire? Oh, yeah. No. See, here's the thing is... um. When we have the Instagram for the uh, Instagram or Twitter open for uh, it's kind of spooky, you'll get to see what Nathan looks like. And oh, yeah. I want you to imagine that Nordic Charles Manson look of motherfucker. <laughs> going, no, I mean, yeah. I'm a little biased. He's like if Killy yeah. Murphy and Benedict Cumberbatch and a little Henry Cavill all smushed together with and long, Charles Manson. long biking kind of Charles Manson hair. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that Charles Manson charm, you know. <laughs> and he, he's six foot two with a, a five foot three man's anger. Like, I, he's not an angry person either. You are maligning my husband. <laughs> he's not here to defend himself. No him. more than I am. He, um, you know, no, he so, is an no, interesting fellow. I can totally see Nathan doing that. Um, Fun fact, uh, I haven't played Call of Duty in seven years. Pretty much the entire time I've been in the military, I've avoided playing Call of Duty um, for various reasons. Uh, And then I finally, during quarantine, I picked up uh, the new Call of Duty game and was playing it. And I got kicked off the server, essentially um, bullying bullies. Uh, Like I would run across a couple toxic players and then just make them as uncomfortable as I could. And then... uh, there was one guy, he was just getting super angry, and I was like, I'm going to oo-woo you. Oo-woo. I'm going to oo-woo you. And he's like, what is it? It's like, don't, don't do that. I'm like, oo-woo. And he's like, don't. And I'm like, oo-woo. He's like, don't. And then I dropped a missile on his head. It is the, to me, that story is the perfect um, escalation from the thing you did in high school when uh, you had a bully come up and try to pick a fight with you, and instead you hugged him. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Like, to me, I'm like, oh, yes, you're do. still the same little boy. Like, I guess. In, all, in all fairness, I just, like, trapped his arms underneath the hug, and I'm deceptively strong. And I hey, it's a him. hug. <laughs> and he's just like, I don't I don't know what to do here. And I was just like, just accept. Just accept my love. Which is creepy, but wonderful. Oh, Speaking yeah, of creepy, um, what are we talking about today? We are talking about uh, horror movies and what makes a good horror movie and our favorite horror movies. And we're going to decide whether or not they're good. And the audience can definitely chime in in the comments. Yeah, well, and I think one thing we learned while debating this episode is it's purely subjective. I mean, yeah. Like, as we'll see, the things I tried coming up with a list of criteria that, like, define a good horror movie. But then I kept finding exceptions to the rule in my personal taste or your taste or Nathan's taste or, like, just a generally accepted good films. So um, I don't think that a perfect list of criteria exists. Yeah, so I feel like you can say that there's a good movie. I don't I feel like there's no such thing as a perfect movie because everything is going to have a little bit of human error in it. Yeah, yeah. But you can say that something is uh technically good whether or not you watch that over and over again like controversial opinion i know i like the shining as a technical 
movie, I can't okay. watch it. Yeah, I get so fucking bored. Um, I love Jack Nicholson. I love Stanley Kubrick. I love the entire concept of The Shining, and I love the first time I watched it. I can't watch it twice. Here's my thing. I kind of agree with you, but also at the same time, there are times I have to be in the right mindset because if and that again for picking a good horror movie, sometimes it just depends on your state of mind. A movie that you loved the first time you watched it, you could be like not into, or a movie that you were thought was like awful the first time you watched it could be very entertaining depending on your state of mind. Because if I'm not in the right mindset to watch The Shining, I feel like it's so up its own ass with like i get kubrick was a masterful director and every frame of that film is like a work of art but sometimes i'm like just fucking get to the like axe wielding maniac already yeah and that's how i am with some with like less serious movies it's like okay you could have fucking tried here yeah you you could have tried and that's just you know that's how that goes i have one more sidebar thing uh and this is it's just a funny story and i'm gonna share it because this is my platform to do dumb shit uh, you really can do what Twitter you want. It's your show. You can do what you want. Um, so I was on Hinge uh, the other day because I'm trying to get back into dating during Good the quarantine, which you. is interesting. And I found this. It was a girl had a uh, on Hinge. You have comments like you have little comment boxes that you do, and then you or like things about you and things like that. People can comment on them and send you a like, and that's really how it works. And her thing was, I recent a thing I recently learned is that during sex, when you change positions, you shouldn't make the transformers transformation noise. <laughs> right? Oh man! And yeah. I commented in opt in parentheses Optimus Prime voice Autobots pull out, <laughs> and I haven't heard from her. I wonder why. That's great, though. You'd uh, you'd think she was really setting you up for that, but I'm, you know I'm hoping what? that she just hasn't been on in a while, and yeah. that's what it is, uh, and not that she didn't think my joke was funny because I don't think my ego. God forbid anybody not think your joke is funny. <laughs> but um, I mean, for what it's worth, the pickup line that Nathan used that worked on me in high school was "Roses are red, violets are blue." I have a knife. Get in the van. <laughs> God, so, or or his other favorite one was he would randomly come up behind me and ask if this smelled like chloroform. He'd just be like, "Hey, does this smell like chloroform to you?" It got me laughing every time, which is really fucked up. But he's a charmer. Oh, a snake so, charmer. Speaking, of, I get my sidebar now, which is that today my lunch consisted of a smoothie that was like. A two-thirds pineapple juice and then a handful of peaches and it was awesome and I was about three-fourths of the way through it and I was like you know what this needs and without making eye contact with me across the room he read my mind and he goes tequila and I was like you're exactly right I made a great margarita margarita without the tequila in it for my lunch today and I realized that I might have a problem yeah I mean maybe see everyone was concerned about me having a drinking problem when I got to college oh no no, it's me. I barely drink. I barely drink. I don't. Uh, I drink. For I drink mom, if she's listening to this by some like misguided attempt at being cool, um, like, don't worry about me. I'm fine. I don't have a drinking problem. I just, you know, I'm super anxious and tightly wound, and sometimes it's nice to relax. But that doesn't mean I have a problem. I can stop anytime I want. <laughs> I drink when we do this podcast. That's pretty much it. Um, and. I tried drinking when we did this podcast and we lost every single one of those episodes. So <laughs> I was like, well, maybe that's what the curse is. And I just shouldn't. 
And it was just it was just you like vomiting on the fucking equipment. That's not what happened, but you know what? Those episodes don't exist anymore. So fine, tell that story. I will tell that story. So um, we're talking about our favorite horror movies today. Yeah. So um, and we're gonna we're gonna cross rate them across uh, Rotten Tomatoes and things like that to see if yeah. our opinions hold up. Which I already know that some of mine are shit movies, well, but I, I like them regardless. I don't think Rotten Tomatoes is a great like catch all, but it it does have it. A lot of people use it. I have Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and Metacritic pulled up for a variety of our favorites and not so favorites um to check out and um i am looking forward to sharing with you the results of the masses at large all right let's go through the first one then what's your favorite well what tell me what your favorite first one is my your first favorite my first favorite horror movie is uh john carpenter's the thing a wise decision i know it's a good one so tell me about it and then i'll tell you what it's got the ranking of um so i like it because it's it's kind of a slow-burning movie, so it's really easy to kind of get lulled into that false sense of security, right? Yeah. Um, it's very isolated, and I make it very present with that, because it's just about a research team in Antarctica doing whatever the fuck it is research teams in Antarctica do. Like, what Hiding do they... Nazi base camps, right? I mean, I fucking guess. What else is there to do? <laughs> that's, like... that's it, right? Like, um, unleashing um, pathogens that have been long frozen in the ice and are destined to destroy humanity, hiding Nazi base camps, fixing up the wall that goes around the edge of the flat earth. Like, what else do you do in Antarctica? I don't fucking understand. I don't know. It's fucking... <laughs> I, it's an enigma. I don't I don't know. Uh, but, like, that's the thing, though, is... So they, they do a really good job of that, and then it has a really good sense of suspense. And, like, the uh, scoring to it really adds to that because uh, anything John Carpenter does has a really good score to it. Oh, um, the theme from Halloween just pops into my head at random, which is creepy because then it makes me feel like I should look around for Michael Myers. But but I agree. Anything John Carpenter helped to, to compose or composed himself, it's just iconic. Yeah. And then you get this like Cronenbergian body horror, you can't trust anybody plot because there's an alien that takes over people's body and then takes over like their appearance and just like just dis- like deforms it yeah and it's just like there's a head spider in yeah the movie um neff said it's fucking great uh you should watch it there's yeah Wilford it's, brimley in it it's fantastic kurt russell yeah oh, <sighs> the captain of my heart oh and mine good lord uh, but yeah so it's just a really good movie but why don't you tell me why i'm wrong um well okay i'm not telling you you're wrong i'm telling you that the masses are wrong here because i agree that the thing is a great film it has an 8.1 out of 10 on imdb which is mm-hmm. fair you know it's a i mean that's a low b it's a little it's older too so like some people may take that into context okay it's got an 84 on rotten tomatoes which is slightly higher mm-hmm. and then a 57 from the metacritic okay metacritic fuck itself what it's john carpenter's the thing how why give me the reasons i i, I don't know i'm not looking that deeply into it I'm tell, just me, saying, tell like, me why it should be angry i okay. can't tell you i don't understand the logic but also the google rank breaking is that 91 percent of people like the movie 
and I think those people of the population are, right. are correct. Okay. Yeah, like I completely agree. For once, I agree with ninety-one percent of the population. Bunch of fucking schmucks on Metacritic saying that it's fifty-seven. Right. Fifty-seven percent of your fucking brains work. No, because the thing has everything. Like, I would argue the thing has what you need for a good film in general because the cinematography in it's good, the script is good, the acting solid, the special effects are great for their time. They've aged pretty well um, because they're mostly practical effects. Um, So, I, uh, to me, it ticks all those boxes. And so, I think, like, what the hell, Metacritic, are you just the 57 or like, I guess, does the other 43% of people just not like horror movies and are taking it out on this poor masterpiece or what? Maybe they're just squeamish about uh, body horror and which Maybe. they should have read the room and not watched the movie. That's the thing I don't fucking like, right? You When you go into a movie, like especially a horror movie, you know what you're getting into as yeah. far as like, the genre of horror. So if you don't like it, don't fucking watch it and then yeah. give it a bad fucking review. Like if it's your kind, if your your cup of tea as far as horror goes, and you watch mm-hmm. it and it just doesn't perform, then give it a bad review if you feel so inclined. Yeah. But if you don't like something, just don't fucking watch it. Yeah. If you don't like horror movies in general, or you don't like a specific subcategory of horror films in general, then like keep that in mind when you're making your assessment of whether or not it was a good movie. Also, but fucking... I love horror movies across the board, and there are plenty of terrible ones that I adore. Also, sidebar, I feel like if you don't like something, just don't watch it. Should be like a rule of thumb. Because uh, I fell down that TikTok rabbit hole. And I saw a bunch of people who I like on my like for you page who are like, if you don't like my content, then just don't watch it, right? And it's yeah. it's a lot of LGBTQ people or um, e girls and things like that. And my first thought is just like, yeah, like, and the thing is, the for you page shows you people you have common interests with. So if you're constantly being shown LGBTQ content or Black Lives Matter content or e girl content, then you obviously share the same interests in a way, or you're per- particularly like targeting that demographic something so in that algorithm is saying that showing you that, like that to content. so yeah. either it's not like facebook shoving republican ads down my throat like, yeah so it's like you either hate yourself because you are like it's like you have a certain level of self-hatred going um and you just can't accept that you are that thing or you're purposely targeting that demographic which makes you a fucker the first one yeah. is sad the second one you're just an asshole well, it's like the the running gag across all platforms when you're trying to get started is that you'll have that reviewer who's like, this, I absolutely hate this. I've seen every episode. And it's like, well, then why, why do you watch why every watch episode? It? Yeah, like. Why would like, you, what type of, this is a, a long tangent. What I don't understand is what type of miserable person do you have to be like reveling in your misery to intentionally waste your own time, your limited time on this earth doing things you don't enjoy? And for the sake of reviewing them badly, it's like, why give a one star on Yelp? It's like you're an emotional sadist and an emotional masochist all in the same At the person. Same time. So you're gonna, you're gonna yeah. take the you're gonna take the thing that you don't like and internalize it and then give it to someone else and that gets your emotional jimmies off. Yeah. Right? It's so, fucking stupid. So that's a taste of the outrage we can feel when trying to defend John Carpenter's The Thing, because that film is so good, and people... I'm just gonna say, I stand Ovia Sophia and Gengar's GF, okay? Uh, the two TikTokers, I really like them. I- I'm typically very protective of, of awkward people. That's Oh, I love that. awkward people. That's how I meet all of my people. All of my people are awkward. People, so people I- who have, like, a level of, like, 
socially awkward are like the people who I most want to take care of. Oh, you know me. I'm the mom friend. I adopt everyone. So I completely yeah. get that. So that was the thing. What was your other one that you the wanted to second, dive into? My second favorite horror movie is uh, Three Animator. Yes. Uh, I love it. So, okay, You're going to be so pissed. I'm going to preface this. I'm going to preface this. This is, the, this is tantamount to reading the comments uh, on a YouTube fucking channel. Yeah. Uh, so um, I'm going to preface this. I understand that every animator is technically not the best movie. Like, technically wise, like, shot for shot, it doesn't hold up against a lot of other movies. Uh, the acting in it, not great. But, like, the people who are in it, like, pull it all they got into it. Mm-hmm. And you can tell they genuinely had fun making it. It has and heart. And that's why I like it. Plus, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> it's so funny. It's there's a disembodied head doing like sight bits and like gags. Like there's a scene where like the disembodied head has its body carrying it in like a a tray or like a, a medical pan. While there's like an anatomical head dummy, like this like the anatomy he- head thing, where like mm-hmm. one side of it's bone, the other side's muscle, and on sitting on top of the the headless body with like a medical cap on and a face mask and it's sneaking mm-hmm. past security uh and just nothing happens yeah it's a great gag it's fucking amazing it's a great movie i understand that it is bad all right but but the thing is is it though it's, it's what bad. about it is it's like specifically bad well, there's, some of the acting isn't as good as it could be. Some of the True. actual writing isn't that great. They cut out an entire scene that explains why the head zombie can like telepathically control the other zombies. I would argue that that's great writing because I don't give a fuck why the head I, zombie, I, like why the reanimated one. head has telekinesis. I don't I give understand. a shit. I understand. I get that. I agree. But there's like there's some shots that could have been better. They could have had a better budget for special effects. Yeah. Um, well, because the the reanimation potion shit that they're using is um glow sticks yeah it's broken glow sticks which taste terrible just letting you know and then like one of the the one of the scenes is just a hamburger a, make a ball of hamburger that was molded to look like someone's head and they just eat that shit across Threw it all. it's great but you know what those effects to me would it have been better if they did it with cgi no but i'm saying you could have they could have given them the budget to make like a plaster or silicone mold head paint it fill it full of hamburger and then eat that at the wall you know and see i don't know if that would help because i've seen the sequels and the sequels had bigger budgets and it didn't help um also it's the reanimator it's it knows what it is yeah it it no that's to me the trick here is it has heart and it is aware of what it is yeah so So, i mean like that's just you, you know that's just the nature of the beast yeah, so do you want to know what the read internet the had to say? Com- read me the fucking comments. I'm not looking at comments, I'm just looking at the ratings across the board. Keep in mind what The Thing, an objectively good film, had. It's gonna have better ratings, isn't it? It's got a 7.2 on IMDb, so it's less than The Thing there. Okay. A 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, I can see that, though. <laughs> yes! Yes, I get it. And then a 73 on Metacritic. More people on Metacritic like this than the thing. Metacritic just has bad taste. But it has the exact same Google rating. Metacritic just doesn't understand what a good movie is, is my opinion. (laughs) That's like you you say that until it agrees with you, and then you're like, now they get it. (laughs) Like No, and I'm still gonna say like a broken clock can be right twice a day. 
okay. you know all right they, occasionally they do the right thing so um, it doesn't yeah. make them not bad people I love that it has a higher. You heard that right, Metacritic. It has an A on Rotten Tomatoes. It is like certified trash. (laughs) I feel like I feel like Rotten Tomatoes judges things on based how much they enjoyed watching it. You know? Yeah, because shouldn't that be the measure? Like, it's not Oscar worthy, but who gives a fuck about Oscar worthy? And there's some slow bits in the thing. Like, there's some parts of the thing that I totally would have cut out because they're pretty slow, but they do add context to the situation. And yet you wanted to add the long contrived like explanation of the doctor being a hypnotist to the area. You think that would have added something? I don't think it would have added to it. I'm just saying that that was a part of the original script they had to cut because no one before they went to go shoot because they added that scene. That's the scene in the movie. One of their editors had to be like, no one fucking cares, dude. Yeah, no one. I don't give a fuck. I think cutting that is the smartest thing they could have done. Because it's an explanation, but it's a super contrived, dumb explanation. To me, that's bad writing. Yeah, so it, it had a bad writer, but it had a good editor. Yes, to, is ooh, that is, mm, sometimes that is the trick. So, right? But I just wanted you to, yeah. Uh, and I know the reanimator has one of your favorite scenes in any movie ever, which is the cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, that's a good fucking scene. You love the cat scene? Like, I love the deer scene in Evil Dead, too. Yeah, so, okay, so there's a scene in the reanimator where they bring back a road-killed cat, and a fucking thing goes apeshit, right? Um, And they fucking, it starts attacking them. It's just a fucking puppet-stuffed cat that they have, like, fake, like, you can tell someone has, like, strings next to it that's making the hands go. And they just grab the cat by the tail and fucking chuck it at a wall. And the thud it makes is so satisfying yeah it's so good and it makes me laugh every single fucking time oh yeah it, it cracks me up it's like time. the scene and i think it's like friday friday the 13th part five where that he throws the paintballer's face at a tree and it leaves a smiley face that yeah or um in is it in jason x when he um uh has like the he's in the hollow room or whatever and he starts beating the holographic campers to death in their um it's sleeping bags it cracks me up every time it's just ridiculous it's so, or like when he chucks uh, the mer- like the colonial mal- marine onto a the giant screw, and he just spins down slowly. And yeah. Their only reaction is when they find him, is like, well, he's screwed. Yes, um, thank you, thank you for that because it's great. Um, or literally anything Bruce Campbell does in any of the Evil Dead movies, or any fr- uh, <laughs> like uh, Freddy Krueger quotes after Part Three. Yeah. It's like, thank you. This is terrible. And I, I love you for acknowledging it. And actually, I take that back because uh, Bruce Campbell's like pratfalls in the Evil Dead franchise are fantastic. They're not bad. They're they're legitimately funny. So Also, uh, secondary side note, there's a documentary on YouTube right now called Monsters in the Closet. And it's about um, LBGTQ representation in horror really? movies and, and subtext. I need to watch uh, this. I, re- I remembered it because Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is about a is about a gay young man uh-huh. who has come to terms with his own sexuality while being terrorized by Freddy Krueger, who is a pedophile. Yeah. So that is a thing, right? So definitely go check out that YouTube documentary. Um, watch fucking... It's not even good coded. It's not even like slightly coded where it's like subtext. It's not Freddy. No, it's very blatant. And Freddy what was, trying to fuck. Because wasn't it one of the writers? 
one of the actors, the the head actors, something like that. No, the actor, the main character was gay. Okay. Or is gay. And he was just like, this movie kind of helped me come into my own. And and there's a thing where he's like, do you think this is meant to be gay? He's like, oh, fuck yeah, there's no way. Yeah, no, this was just subtext. This is this is a gay movie. Freddy Krueger is gay. Yeah, and uh, to to on to hop on that um, tangent there a little bit. I think horror movies are a great way to address all sorts of societal questions and issues and things that need to be discussed because horror, in and of itself, is taboo. Mm -hmm. So it's the perfect platform to tackle things that are taboo. I'm in no way, shape, or form saying that horror is woke across the board, because it's definitely not. Horror can easily be one of the most problematic um, genres out there, due to the nature of it. Yeah, because to me, good horror understands the rule of punching up. Yeah, you punch above your weight class at issues, and you don't show those issues for, like, cringe, or things like that. You punch at them to address them. To me... It's the difference between, like, and I talked about this a little bit in the intro episode, and um, it's the difference between, like, having a trans character in a horror film that is just existing and being and is themselves and is representative and using transness as a, like, shock factor at the end of Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, and then, like, you have have stuff like fucking, um, God, what was it? Um, the rape scene in um, I spit is not a spit on your grave. It's last house on the left. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's one on I spit on your grave too, but I and see that's a great example because in last house on the left, it's really just treated as like the instigating evil thing that happens, and it's gratuitous and awful. And and I spit on your grave. That film was written by someone who hadn't like he had the story is that he had come across a woman who had just survived being attacked and he had been with her through the process of like being treated and going to the police and saw how unhelpful everybody was and then he took his own rage on her behalf and turned it into the script for this film which is why when they went to to film that scene like the blocking on it is such that she the actress was made to feel less exploited and it was shot in a way that was supposed to be less i'm gonna say the word enjoyable to watch like it wanted to show you the horror of what was happening to her rather than exploiting that kind of like they did in last house on the left even though last house on the left turns around and they're like what these people did is terrible and it's the excuse for all this ensuing violence but it's exactly to me the same it's like you can have very similar films take on issues in very different ways and it's incredible to me to see that it's i mean look at get out yeah it it really just comes across at like the intent you put in like where the role it plays right Mm -hmm. so like um honestly i'm trying to think of a movie that handles race and like systematic and uh, systemic racism and like uh covert racism covert racism as well as uh get out does or even attempts to do it in the way that get out does i think the closest i'm probably fucking this up and i'm not the person to yeah like, like i talk think we're race. the two least people but um, um but i it's it's honestly it's just a, a movie that punches above its weight class in a lot of ways 
because like the horror genre as a whole if i had to put it into like boxing weight class standards but like uh horror is a lightweight like people mm-hmm. don't take it seriously people don't care about that i mean class. get out was a comedy at the oscars are you kidding me yeah it's like then, jeff rotol winning the grammy for metal yeah and then but it get out punches like it's a heavyweight yeah like if yeah. you understand the context of everything that's going on mm-hmm. it's getting it's hitting you with a heavy one-two jab and then while you're on the ropes punching you as hard as it can man you uh, are diving so deep into the sports metaphors and i'm just smiling and nodding even though it's a podcast there are some people who only understand this via sport ball, and I feel like boxing is still something that people can understand because most people have seen Rocky. Yeah. Or will yeah. understand that a one-two punch is like a thing, Which, and being and understand the phrase being on the ropes. Yeah, I, I like I understand, but I I get what you're saying. There, to me, great horror films sometimes are those ones that they punch above their weight class. They um they know to handle topics in a way that is respectful and representative and yeah these things might be taboo to talk about but isn't horror the place to be talking about those things rather than horror movies that decide to tackle taboo topics or abuse taboo topics just for the sake of shock yeah you know like uh, fuck what was the name what was the name of the movie um jack frost right so jack frost is a movie about a serial killer who gets turned into a motherfucking snowman Case in point, you should know it's going to be stupid, right? And there's a fucking rape scene in it. But it's yeah. not played, it's played off to be comical, right? And, like, it's it's not. Like, you watch that movie, and it cr- makes you cringe. Yeah. Like, the rest of the movie's okay, but then you have that scene, and the rest of the movie is tainted. Yeah. Like, if you don't, it's know, unnecessary. How to ha- if you don't know how to handle that kind of subject matter well, then don't fucking mess with it. Like, there's a reason why like get out was handled so well it's because it was done by jordan peele it was done by people the... who knew how to handle the topic yeah it was done by uh, it's people who have to deal with the topic every yeah. single day so they know how to handle it and like some of the best uh some of the best horror movies that are out there that have that do good women representation were movies that were women. written and directed and essentially produced by women yeah and there's just kind of thing is like if you don't know how to handle a topic and you want to make it a mainstream like thing like a movie bring on someone who does and let them do what they do it's so intuitive right it's so obvious if you want to tackle a topic maybe you should have people who have lived the topic like telling the story i do want to say this i i have mixed feelings about sleepaway camp now that i think about it because your villain is i think the only actual representation of a trans character in horror i'm not gonna say, say it's the only movie. but it's definitely the only one that pops into my head which is sad it's, in and it's of the itself. most prolific yeah like, if, if anyone and it's knows played a... for shock value and, if, and okay. of course again i'm not the person to really be weighing in on my opinion here but to me it seems exploitative of the issue yeah i mean like i understand that at the time it wasn't meant to be it was meant to be like a twist but yeah. like in hindsight that's what and it is a twist like and it is a twist and the, that's like the freeze frame on the screaming face definitely like shakes me yeah and but... i will say this that if you can if the audience can think of a single horror movie that stars a 
a member of the LBGTQ as like the final like the final character or the hero of it mm-hmm. and they are handled well yeah send me please it let me know so I, I want to watch, watch yeah uh and actually now that I think about the actually you know what no uh main character from Friday the 13th wasn't handled that well no because fucking well and they uh, had to Elmer ask Elmer at the too. end of it they had to ask like was it coded that way but if it makes you feel better about Jack Frost it only has a seven on Rotten Tomatoes oh good but like well think okay so I could be on this tangent all day I haven't like we were I'm working on another podcast that will kind of go into this tangent uh let's let's go back to horror I'm making myself angry yeah <laughs> I do the I do the same thing um so so the reanimator had a 7.2 on IMDb, 93 on Rotten Tomatoes, 73 on Metacritic. Mm-hmm. Um, what was another one of your favorites that you gave me? I know uh, I talked about the Evil Dead, the Evil Dead, which is now see the Evil Dead, the first one. Also, as a the second one is Becker. Interesting Evil that Dead. you were just talking about this. The Evil Dead has the infamous like tree rape scene. And which Sam Raimi has gone on the record saying he deeply regrets making the way he made it that he could have been done like he at the time it was done for shock value and it could have been done a lot more tastefully. The actor like the actress in the scene didn't know that that's how it was going to play out because of the way the scenes are shot. She like she found out when the audience found out what was happening to her character, which is horrific and exploitative. But he has gone on the record and said, I would never and in evil dead 2 they have an homage to it and in the remake they have an homage to it where they don't like follow through on the scene they do it in the way that he says he would have rather done it in retrospect so there's that but you're right evil dead does have that problematic scene but um i would say evil dead 2 is better yeah but that's because i feel like they leaned into the comedy aspect of it oh yes well because Evil Dead 1 is more of a straightforward horror, like, splatter film. Uh, and Evil Dead 2 has, it hits all the same buttons, but it it's in more in key by leaning into the, the comedy a bit more. And to me, it's the balance of that comedy and um, the scariness of what's going on that really sells how deranged everything is. Like it, it to me, if the level of slapstick in like Bruce Campbell's um, acting and the um, like the deer scene is to me, it's great, but not because it's ludicrous and stupid, but because it sells you on how fucking crazy things are in this place. You yeah, know? and that's and man, it's it's really one of those things where it's like they took an original concept, they took an interesting concept, then in the first movie they they took it up to about like a nine i would say mm-hmm. like as far as banana bad shit crazy stuff goes uh-huh and then uh number t- on the third on the second one they took it up to an 11 uh-huh and on the third one army of darkness i love army of darkness um, but is it a horror movie that's my question is is no, army of darkness all. a horror movie it's not, not really. but i love it um, and I'm, I have a soft place for the Evil Dead franchise. I was going to cover it like in its entirety for this episode, but then I was like, no, it's more fun to look at horror movies as a whole. But um, I love the Evil Dead franchise, and I was talking with Nathan about this last night, and I realized that um, Sam Raimi films are a bonding point for Dad and I because I watched the first three or uh, the first two Evil Deads and Army of Darkness with Dad when I was younger. 
for the first time and uh laughed along with him and then the last horror movie i watched with dad was um uh i um drag me to hell which yeah, we both and- giggled through and then at the end we were like actually that was pretty enjoyable like we were laughing at the parts that deserved to be giggled at and then um, or the parts that were ludicrous and dumb because all horror movies have those parts but um, the, but by the end of it we were both like no actually that was pretty fun so yeah so man the goat scene and drag me to hell yeah Fuck. yeah um, dad every now and then he'll just text me and be like I, you shamed me like it it's creepy but he loved oh he See, loved that scene like we spent like a good dad 15 does minutes that to while me, watching the movie but that's just because he doesn't like me that's not true um but it <laughs> is funny so upset. um <laughs> uh, but uh we spent like a solid 10 15 minutes while watching that movie trying to guess what they had used to make the old lady like the bug vomit stuff out of mm-hmm. so that was fun like like for someone who doesn't like horror dad couldn't get really into um it really into it like yeah anyway but um so the evil dead has a 7.5 on imdb a okay 71 on metacritic and a 95 on rotten tomatoes and i i agree like like on a good day i'd say it's middle of the road like a deserving of a c and on a great day when i'm enjoying watching the evil dead i would give it that 95 what what was the metacritic score 71 so that's still higher than the thing again i maintain that they just don't know what good movies are maybe they don't um so another one of your favorites was one that you said wasn't necessarily the best but that you enjoyed which was bloody birthday bloody birthday is fucking great right so it's about these two these three kids that are all born on the same day but it's during like a solar eclipse so they're evil because that's a superstition that's stupid uh and then you have the so they essentially just terrorize uh this entire um like group like it's this entire town they just terrorize and the first person they kill is just like is this couple going to a graveyard Mm -hmm. to make out because okay i had a strong alt phase going like through like middle school through uh like high school i never really left it so wear a lot of black uh i never understood making out in a graveyard you know i feel like if i had had a different boyfriend in high school i probably would have wound up there but uh nathan would never have gone for that um but uh um but yeah no i you're you're preaching to the choir there as far as never outgrowing your it's just so good though with the movie because like the three kids are like the saving grace of this entire movie because they deliver the line so well and it's just oh, they're like, solid the kid with the glasses i don't remember his name now but the the main kid with the glasses who's like the evil genius he has got bde <laughs> like, like don't misconstrue that because he's a kid but he has like such badass energy the whole yeah, he, film i remember there's a scene where it's like i guess the final vo- boy uh-huh. of it makes fun of him in class and the uh-huh. look on his eyes is just like he went dead behind the eyes and that's how you oh, know yeah. that like they're going to spend the movie trying to kill this it's kid. some solid acting in that respect like you can tell from that moment it's like that kid fucked up he is now like a target okay so do you want to know what it's got shoot there is no metacritic ranking so ha. get that out of the way can you watch 5.7 5.7 on imdb that's fair 
into 60 on Rotten Tomatoes. So they're saying it's a, well, IMDb is failing it. Rotten Tomatoes is giving it a low D. I mean, it's not a, the act, the child acting, when when your child actors are the best part of your movie. Yeah, it's probably not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, it's such a good. Okay. So the little girl in it is my is like one of my favorites because she's just so she looks very sweet, but it's like that I will strangle you the second mm-hmm. you turn around and you Yeah, it's fucking great. It's a great movie. So we were talking about how um sometimes or a lot of the time the best way to tackle an issue is by going to the source, the people who've lived through it and things like that. And the movie I'm about to talk about and the book that it was subsequently based on, um, don't do that. Um, and yet I I can't bring myself to dislike the portrayal. Um, Carrie? Yeah. I don't know what qualifies Stephen King to write about like a woman going or like a young woman going through puberty and being bullied so consistently and shamed for her sexuality and for her very womanness. I don't know what qualifies and Especially in that. a religious context too. But damn if I don't enjoy it. <laughs> like See, I, I, I like can't. there's a part of me that resents that it is done in that way and that it's clearly uh, especially okay the the scene and i'm talking about the original film the 76 film not the remake but um the the way that like the scene when the bullying starts the instigating incident when she starts her period in the shower and then they throw the pads and tampons and shit at her i had some rough times in high school and middle school and i am the first person to tell you that Teenage girls can be vicious, mean little bitches. Never once in my life would I have imagined that scene actually happening. Yeah, and there's some... Okay, so I don't like Carrie. I don't like Carrie for a lot of reasons. One, um, so first of all, I feel like Carrie, like the, that period shower scene, is like the male fear of what a period is. Uh, you you are, have hit the nail on the head. You're exactly right. And here's the thing. I think... Men being afraid of the period of being like thinking of it as taboo is stupid because it's an, it's just a necessarily bodily function. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's so just, to it, me, like what I said, I don't know what qualifies him to talk about that experience. So and like I'll be the first to say as like I like I'm squeamish around like period stuff, not because of like um not understanding it or anything like that. I don't like seeing blood. Because yeah, it's like, like in I see real blood, life, blood I'm grosses Im- you out. Yeah, I'm immediately. Well, that gives me. I'm immediately like someone is injured. I need to help this person, and it sends me into that like flight or flight or fight like caregiver mode. So you're the opposite of the bear <laughs> that comes to terrorize the town when ye oldie time women would have various menses. No, um, I would I would be the little like grizzly bear, a little black bear that came with like chocolates and like a heating pad. I'm glad you soup. think so. And that's nice of you to do. Um, I did it all the time with that. <laughs> like it's like, like, objectively true. I do oh, this you shit got all you. the time. Um well, I wanna live. A quick tangent, in our household we refer to it as Shark Week. Um, because it's well because the female anatomy and the shark's brain diagram are very similar and I find that funny so I always call it shark I think it's I think it's honestly like like that for a reason because you take probably one of the most like magical parts of the female body Mm -hmm. because it creates life and then it you convert it to evil and it becomes a part (laughs) of like (laughs) no shit most dominant predator in the 
fucking So ocean. I will say that I do agree in Carrie that like period equals evil. <laughs> like, like in that sense, as a woman who experiences it all the time, I get that. But I don't know what qualifies Stephen King to talk about it. But um, I, I, think... I love Brian De Palma's directing. Like, That's I why... like the artistry that goes into it. I, I'm a big, like, Dario uh, Argento fan. Mm-hmm. So I like the, like, the stylized showing and the, the artistic frames, which is funny because I was just talking shit about The Shining. But um, uh, I like well, that aspect Carrie of it. Carrie doesn't have that but... slow of a burn either. So, like, like you know at the gate, shit's about to hit the fam every five but seconds. I will say it does take for fucking ever to get there, though. Yeah, and then, you like... Know? Here's like, the other all thing, of the though. kills happen in, like, the last fourth of the film. I also will say that, actually, here's the rest of my argument on why I don't like Carrie. She is justified in her anger. Oh, completely. Yeah. But they make her out to not be. Like, pe- like the fucking prom is the, the prom scene is the most ridiculous, like, exaggeration of, like, anger yeah. that a woman could feel. And it's that bullshit where, like, uh, I'm about to, like throw my own fucking people under the bus so much men being like oh you're acting crazy Mm -hmm. and that shit where you're like where men try to like um or really anyone who deals with women they're like oh you're acting crazy because women we do it to ourselves too it's this internalized misogyny as well but yeah and it's like trying it's trying to devalidate a way you feel and she is like her fucking prom date just got capped he just got oh, a body. Yeah. Which that is man the is taking stupidest kill I've ever seen, but I love it. That man is taking a nap in the forever box, right? Yeah. Like he's he's like that would piss he's me an off. ex date. He's bleeding like, demise. <laughs> I would like I'm a nonviolent person by nature. I try Bullshit, to but continue. I, I try <laughs> I try in all fairness, I did just say that these hands are now rated D for everybody. Um Yeah. So um I would fight someone mm-hmm. if that happened. Which, actually, if you think about it, the number of fights I've actually been in is lower than you would think for someone who is constantly in the mood to fucking throw down. Yeah. Um, but, so, so back to Carrie. <laughs> sorry. Just saying. I'm saying she is completely validated in her yeah, anger. Any anger absolutely. she would feel in that situation is valid. But then they make it out of a way to make an angry woman the bad guy of them. Yeah. She yeah. is sympathetic. But she is still the person killing people. She's still the bad guy at the end. And she's killing innocent people too, because like the coach who wanted to help her gets killed. Well, she tries to kill the girl who was nice to her. No, the coach doesn't die. No, she doesn't. Yes, she does. She doesn't because she's the. um... No, you're right. I'm thinking of it's Sue that lives. Yeah, Sue gets killed. Yeah, Sue gets killed in the next movie though. You know, I ain't talking about. I ain't talking about Carrie too. The rage. That was extra stupid, and I really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> like, okay, that's a problem because I identify super hard with Carrie to the rage. <laughs> like, that should tell you everything you need to know about my high school experience. Um, but you're, I, I agree with you as far as like Carrie. Um, yeah, she she should be a sympathetic character because. But I will say, as much crap as I was talking, like I don't know that Stephen King is the person to be telling that story. It is a story that is relatable to a lot of women. Yeah. You, the but minute I, I... your body starts to show that you're maturing, you're condemned for any sort of burgeoning sexuality, and any display you have of your personality gets shunned by the people around you who are in the exact same boat you are. 
And then, like, honestly, Stephen King isn't the person to write a lot of the books he wrote. Dude, yeah. but... Um, yeah. I'm just saying. Um, you, he dances the fine line between a cultural appropriation. Um, I, as a Native American, the number of times the Native American burial ground gets brought up uh, is a point of question for me. Um, so but uh, so Carrie Hayes, the original Brian De Palma, nineteen seventy six, has a seven point four on IMDb, a ninety two on Rotten Tomatoes, and an eighty five on. Metacritic. So more people liked Carrie on Metacritic than the thing. Yeah, and that okay. So again, like. A clock can be like okay. Carrie is not better than the thing. It is objectively no. not better than the thing. Quality wise, writing wise, and subject matter wise, it is not better than yeah. the thing. Metacritic can fuck off. So on the note of people's high school experiences, I'm getting to one of your favorites, if not your favorite of all time, even though it's not what you said. Um, Scream. I like Scream because it's meta, <laughs> and it's fucking. But I, okay, I have grievances with a lot of the characters. Um, the main character's boyfriend, Sydney's boyfriend, whose name I, escapes me. He doesn't matter, though. He's, he doesn't matter. He's an entitled little prick. Yeah. Uh, who has one of the stupidest fucking reasons to going on a killing spree ever. And that's not to say there's ever a good reason. But this is definitely not it. He is mad at Sydney Prescott and decides to kill Sydney and her friends. Like, and her friends. Yeah. Because Sydney's mom was having an affair with his dad and it broke up his family. Mm -hmm. But, like, why not just go after Sydney and Sydney's dad? Why not just go after Sydney's dad? Why not? Why not? Like, why not go after the actual source of your rage? Why not do anything? And he even admits to killing Sydney's mom, right? So it should be done there. Yeah, like, dude, you're Ed Kemper. You've gotten to your mom. Like, you've gotten to the source of your rage. Just like cut you, it. and he was getting it. He was got. He got away with it too. Yeah. So he would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for those meddling kids. Which brings me to the fact that I love Matthew Lillard is in this. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I love no, it. That's also that's another good example of uh, LGBTQ uh, subtext in movies. Matthew Lillard's character has no reason to be doing this shit besides he's just like. Just in painfully love in love character. with him. Yes, I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that. Okay. But here's the issue: is like he blames Sydney for her mom's behavior, even though Sydney was a child when it happened. He yeah. blames Sydney for his sexual frustration because she's uncomfortable with her sexuality. One, because it's like 1990s uh, slut shaming, and also her mom was widely known as the town like slut. Yeah. So of course she's going to be concerned about that topic, and yet as someone who is directly affected by that, he isn't understanding of why she would be. Concerned. No. Oh my gosh! It's almost like as a teenage male, he feels entitled to what he wants while not having to reconcile with. Um... And then when he doesn't get it, he kills people. Exactly. Right? He's like. So, I fail like... to see how Scream is unrealistic in any way, shape, or form, frankly. And that's and that's the thing, is like I don't I don't fucking get it. Yeah. Like I can't understand. I can't wrap my head around the killer's mindset. I like Scream as a whole. I think the characters are well flushed out. Each one of them is an individual. Um the actual like killer reveal is interesting. I honestly still think it would have been better if it was Dewey. Yeah. Uh like that would have fucking blown my mind. I would have yeah. loved that so much better. But like, fuck so, 
the scream every scream killer actually is a fucking cuck uh-huh and i don't kink shame like they are cuckolds of life <laughs> they're watching other people do Live things life. they want to be they want they watch them be happy so they, yeah. they're, they're being cucked a knife not sexually but they're being cucked likewise they are seeing other happiness from other people and the only happiness they can have is taking that away from other people yeah so let's well okay so i'm gonna break your heart here because it got a 7.2 on imdb yeah 79 a 79 on rotten tomatoes again it doesn't age well and a 65 on metacritic so it's still better than the thing i maintain my fucking point that metacritic does not know what quality is okay i grant scream is like to some viewers scream may be better because it's not as slow as a burn it's a lot it's meta, so some people enjoy that a little bit more. And, like, the characters are better because there's less of them. Mm-hmm. But like, And there's no body horror in it. Okay. Um, so you're going to hate me for this, but we are winding down. So I'm going to pick one more film, and it's one of my favorites to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to cap this off. Because this is my example of a not good movie that I will put on to have in the background and just enjoy having on. And it has everything to do with when it came out, how old I was when it came out. That's like the root of my enjoyment of this film because it is objectively not a good film. The Covenant. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. It's so I, bad. It's terrible and i could watch it on repeat forever what is the line harry potter eat your heart out what there's a no. line in it where it's like fuck you harry potter or something like that i don't re- i don't remember that line i remember sebastian stan having to recite little miss muffet with a serious face and that That's... shit cracks me up every time um i love it it's uh... And thank God he went on to do other things because this, it has a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. As it should. As it should. It has a 19 on Metacritic, so I found something worse than the thing. <laughs> As it should. Like I said, it, it can should. be right. What twice it? I broke clock me right. It has a 5.3 on IMDb. As so that's it the best. That's the best. It's still a failing grade, but that's the best. And then a 91 on Google. Because Google is full of people like me who are like, I don't care how bad it is. It's the full soundtrack of for it is pretty attractive, good. non-threatening teen males. It's yeah. targeted at... No, okay, so it was targeted... I was in 8th grade when this... No, 20... or September 2006. I was in 6th grade when this film came out. It was full of attractive, young, non-threatening males. They're all, they're all on the swim team, so there's lots of gratuitous, like, shirtless scenes. And... None of the like, none of them are taking it seriously. Competitive swimming is the whitest fucking sport, <laughs> right? And as like we know, breeds golf. Um, but um, um, but uh, and also breeds monsters, as we know. Um, but uh, it it's just objectively terrible. The plot's yeah. dumb. The writing's cringy. Like again, I feel like there- it honestly could have been a good comic, you know. If they had leaned into how funny it was, because I laugh all the way through it. So if they had leaned into how funny it was, it would be great. Because they have a non-ironic karaoke scene where they sing Joan Jett. Could have been hilarious, but instead was just cringy funny. They or Again, they... they have Sebastian Stan like re- reciting Little Miss Muffet with a straight face as menacingly as he possibly can. 
and it's played not for laughs. Actually, you know what? I just realized. Hmm. Shouldn't the Covenant be played by women? Shouldn't it be a, a, like a woman's film? That was film? my one problem with it. Is I was like, as enjoyable as this is, I would kill for a decent like. Cause... Well, and granted, I was just too early for Sabrina, I guess, is what I missed out on. But then... like, that's the one thing that gets me. I was like, why are the descendants of Salem a bunch of boys? This is bullshit. Yeah, and then, like, and I know there is a movie, I can't think of what it's called, Um, that is essentially a cover of the female witches and the abuse of power uh, and how, like, corrupting that There's a be. bunch of them. There's a bunch of them like that, but none of them are the Covenant. <laughs> but, yeah, shouldn't the Covenant... <laughs> None of them really have just, Taylor Kitsch in them. None of them have shouldn't. Chase shouldn't Crawford they just be I, about like a? Yeah, it should. This should be a female movie. This should be a female-led movie. It could have been a and a, yeah. It's, it's it probably would have been terrible. better. And I will say, there are a few stand-up performances in it. Sebastian stands great, but everybody and because he's playing a bad guy, which is he does the best. But um. Everybody else, no matter how good they are in other things that they've done, it just does not stand up on its own. And I can't reconcile with myself why I enjoy it so much, other than knowing that I was the target audience when it came out. Yeah, like, it was the anti-Twilight in that era where I was like, well, I don't want to watch Twilight because that's stupid, bunch of glittering vampires. That's not cool. But I'm going to watch this movie about literally the same protagonist, just witches. I'm in. It's like so that's stupid. that's really what it is. I've just hit on it. It finally. also has daddy issues. A lot of them. A lot of daddy issues. Um, Jeez. but yeah. So um, it's terrible, and I love it. <laughs> so uh, but yeah, it has a four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed our uh, highly political uh conversation on fucking horror movies. We got it was there. not supposed to go down that road, but it did. Um. And, and, you know, a lot of our stuff probably will as we go through this. Um, yeah. We'll talk a lot ab- about a lot of different concepts. Um, uh, but, yeah, so thank you guys for joining us this week. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, horror movies and how they scored and how wrong Metacritic is. Um, a lot in the future. In- I feel like we're going to talk about that a lot. Yeah, um, we probably fucking will. If uh, you have any recommendations for films that represent people of color, films that represent LGBTQ, um plus if you have anything like that that we hint like touched on today i would love to watch it so please leave it in the comments i am about that life so um yeah, yeah. our senator our senator social medias uh i'm on instagram as c summer v1 or c i'm c summer v on uh instagram um so just hit me up there uh and you'll pass it along to me. I'm I believe it's sunshine.calamity at Instagram, but I haven't looked at it in a smidge. So Yeah. And join us next week as we talk about cryptids. Or no, we're talking about urban legends next week. Yeah. Uh, Do so you want to play legend. a game? Because he's going to play a game. <laughs> yeah. So join us next week as we talk about urban legends. Bye. Keep it spooky.